Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I had to go about it, write it out and find it myself And there's some stories I can tell you I had to fail, had to fall just for what I did This is the final word. India, England, daily. That's Adam Collins. I'm pointing. You can't tell that if it's on a podcast, but if you're watching the video, you can. I'm Jeff Lemon. I'm pointing also, but you can tell who I am on the podcast and on the video. That's how it works. Some mediums are audio, some are visual. Day four of the first test at Chennai, and it has been set up for a grandstand finish. Uh, But you, Adam, are going to tell us about that. You have the job of summarising the day in 30 seconds or less. That's how we start each episode on A Final Word Daily, and today it's up to you. Thank Thank you, Jeff. I'll try and synthesize three innings that were batted in across the fourth day. India added 80 runs to their overnight score. They were all out for 337. The majority of those runs were made by Washington Sunder, who was the not-out not man on 85. The lead was 241 on the first innings. England advanced that to 420. Light it up. That's the target that India are chasing in the fourth innings. They were bowled out for 178 the second time around England. No meaningful contributions with the bat other than Joe Root, but Ravichandran Ashwin, his 28th five-wicket haul, finished with six for 61. They got a little crack at them tonight, took one wicket, that of Rohit Sharma, thanks to Jack Leach, but 381 runs needed from here for a most unlikely victory. I reckon that was more like 40 seconds, but I'll give you some latitude because you had three innings to deal yeah, with, quite which a bit going on there. <laughs> does make it and I difficult. haven't really done it justice, but no. you know, we, we, we'll, we'll push on anyway. That's what we will start to do over the next 10 minutes or so of, okay. of, of this episode. Um, let's start at the beginning, a very good place to start. Why not? Um, Washington Sundar particularly enjoyed the way he went about his work today. We saw him bat so well in Brisbane for the 62 that he made there. 85 not out today, um, looked, you know, odds on for a ton. Had He had the company. Um, ultimately, they fell away. But to see a guy who could be making hundreds batting at seven, um, you know, and could be scoring big on a regular basis, it's pretty exciting times for India. Yep, cliched as it is, this is the Indian Premier League. They're, they're producing cricketers who have one discipline. Uh, principally, he's a spinner. 
Mm. Only bowled one over in the second innings. <laughs> Wasn't effective with the ball in the first, but he's principally there as a spinner. But much as it is Ravinder Jadeja when he's in the 11, and when you've got that dual threat and you don't really know sometimes which is more impressive than the other, um, they've got a production line of these all-rounders at the moment and they're each one's more impressive than the next. So, yes, even though he's principal discipline, as I say, mm-hmm. hasn't been that effective in this test match. He's shown uh, at the second time he's had the opportunity to play test cricket that he can seriously bat. And he had some discipline, like most of, he's a left-hander, most of his scoring was through the offside. He didn't really try to smash anything around early. He was batting with Ashwin, yep. who's, you know, who's batting, Just he just seems to believe in his batting a little bit more um, since Sydney, since saving that test match there. Um, he batted really well for 90-odd deliveries uh, as well and was out there for a long time. And really what they wanted to do, the runs didn't matter so much, but they wanted time. They wanted to make England bowl for long enough that England wouldn't want to enforce the follow-on. So even though India didn't, avoid the possibility of the follow-on they made it a very unappealing option by making England bowl for long enough Yeah and I think what we saw when England were batting a second time reinforces that the follow-on was never on, it was about giving the bowlers an opportunity to rest and look there was declaration speculation for the duration of England's innings. I mean, I think from the moment they got to about 20, uh, some people, maybe that's enough, maybe they should pull them in. Um, But uh, And and it continued throughout. And the way that England batted in the penultimate hour today, I kind of get it. um, that that At one stage, I think six runs were added in five overs when everyone's assuming that the declaration is imminent. But what I think was missed a little bit in the conversation was that Anderson and Archer giving them a proper rest was important, not Mm. just in context of this test match but also a little bit of a peek ahead as well back-to-back tests you don't want to flog your bowlers they wanted to let them just chill and they know they've got plenty of time there was no need to panic Mm -hmm. there was no need to pull the pin when they were 360 ahead because of what happened in sydney four weeks ago different pitch different test match different series different conditions the works they know um we've already seen uh, in this fourth innings the the ball from jack leach which picked up rohit sharma massive puff of dust we saw with ashwin getting balls to turn sharply towards the end they've got time on their side there is no reason why england haven't got ample opportunity to comfortably win this test tomorrow so india got bowled out just before lunch and that meant england had to come in and face a couple of overs rory burns out to the first ball of the yes. innings um, doesn't happen very often i think it's happened to him twice twice in his first class career having opened the batting and taken the first ball I don't know several hundred times across <laughs> his first class career and it was Ashwin who who was bowling so Nadeem and Ashwin started off with the ball um, spinners with the new ball to get that bounce because Virat Kohli wanted his quicker bowlers to get it reversing from about the 10th over which is what was happening with very rough conditions out there um, you know but Ashwin you know lovely line first up to the left hander turned one away um, got him caught at slip and, and away they went and, and Sibley at short leg followed not long after the break yeah, I think the best ball that he bowled today was the one to get rid of Ben Stokes just holding it back that extra flight we talk a lot about how Ashwin thinks through his wickets mm. well the previous over Stokes had elevated uh, I think it might have been the Dean back over his head for four one bounce four mm. and Ashwin's like right this is the right time to hold the ball back, put it above the eye line and taken nicely by Rishabh Pant. So again, it, it speaks to um, this body of work he's putting together, so well put together as mm. well. Um, 28 five-wicket hauls, which you'll go through in a bit more depth in a moment. But even though it might not be the most important bag he takes in his test career, he's in the series. And you can't overstate how, or can't understate how important that mm. is, that he didn't have a great time of it the first time around. But six wickets here, he'll, he'll start the next test match, irrespective of what 
what happens tomorrow, he'll start the second test match knowing that he's got it over a number of the England players, at yep. least as far as having got their wicket a few days earlier. And that does count for something in a series, I, I think. I thought it mattered that um, it wasn't entirely on England's terms. They didn't get to yeah. choose when they declared. They did get bowled out, bowled out for 178. You know, a, a fairly poor showing in, in a lot of ways because really the middle order, would they were just there to slog away. You know, Ollie Pope was playing reverse sweeps from outside his leg stump and switch hits and whatnot and hold out to cover, I guess, although it was basically mid-wicket, the way he was playing the ball. Yeah. And there was that sense that they didn't really care what happened. But Ashwin was still able to say, well, you don't get to just bash us around until you're ready to declare. I will bowl you out. The innings will end when I say it ends. Yeah, I think that they, they were kind of nimble a little bit, England, when, I mean, when you've got Root, who made it to 20 40. in eight balls or something mm. like that, three early boundaries, um, and he was at 40 off 30 balls and ultimately out for 40 It looked really good. Uh, Fantastic. Like, it, again, looked a, a step above everybody else. Yeah. And to put on, what, 258, 268 in the match, yep, um, that's you right. know, pretty pretty ridiculous numbers to, to haul in. And he looked great until he got one that kept low from Boomer and nailed him league before wicket. Yeah, and I think if one of those players really takes off, be it Stokes or Root, or even Pope, you mentioned him, he made 28 and the ball before getting getting out that was a glorious switch hit through mid wicket through cover depending on how you interpret it when it's mm-hmm. a switch hit I think it's technically mid wicket right I think we've agreed <laughs> now haven't we that if you've changed posture before the ball was bowled your offside becomes your leg side and vice versa anyway okay. I think a matter of technicality mm-hmm. but caught in the by Rohit Sharma in close from the next ball if I, any of those guys take off I think it's a, a different equation or if Butler gets more strike mm-hmm. that was probably the main issue with Bess is that he couldn't turn the strike over because Ashwin especially was bowling so tidily so um, yes, they didn't get to declare on their terms, but they did make 178 runs in 43 in 46.3 overs mm-hmm. in pretty tough conditions with the ball puffing out of the dust. So they did what they needed to do. They batted for long enough to give their bowlers a rest. They got the target above that 400 mark, 420, which of course is you know a record. We always go back to that 418 mark, but psychologically it would be the biggest chase of all time. And mm-hmm. even though India bat deep and they don't give up and they play a brand of cricket which is so attractive uh, at the moment, especially at the back end of a test match, that I think England ticked every box they needed to. Even if it doesn't look pretty, they yep. got to where they needed to be. On this surface as well, with you know the ball starting to turn quite a bit, uh, Shabazz Nadeem, the left-arm spinner, was absolutely pinging them out of the footmarks yeah. by the end of the day. No one's making 400 on the last day on that. I'd be feel pretty confident in saying. But Ravichandran Ash when 28 five-wicket hauls, uh, he's seventh, or there's seven players ahead of him on the five-wicket hauls list. He's nowhere near in the top seven of wicket-takers in, in Test cricket. Right, probably, yeah. what, 20-plus players ahead of him. But he's taken them in bags, and he's done so even though he's, what, in the 380s as far as Test wickets go. Um, it, the man ahead of him on 30 five-wicket hauls is Jimmy Anderson, who's taken over 600 wickets, <laughs> and who was the last man that Ashwin got out today, that's his sixth wicket to fall today. Nice. So Ashwin could be chasing down James Anderson with a couple more good test matches, even though he's played, what, he would have played half as many test matches as James Anderson? 75 tests, and Anderson's up in the 150s, high yeah. in the 150s, and yeah. he played his 150th last summer. So, so I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's extraordinary in, in the way he's managed to take his wickets in such big clumps. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose that, again, talks to the idea that when he gets on a roll... The, the psychology of Ashwin, isn't it? I mean, he can he can really get in players' heads and get in t- 
team's heads collectively. I remember watching him at Bangalore back in 2017, that, that six-wicket burst that he went on. Um, not from nowhere, like he'd been bowling well, but once he got on top of Australia that day, it was game over in the space of an hour. Um, so, yeah, he's got form on that front. And I think, as I mentioned before, that... He's in the series. Yeah, they went for 578 in the first innings and he bowled, I suppose, the better part of 50 overs and went around a little bit and Root played him with control throughout. But the fact that now mm. he'll go to the second test um, and even if they lose tomorrow, um, they will know their number one bowler is fit, firing and right in this series. Rohit Sharma was dismissed before Stumps um, hooked oh, yeah. Joffre Archer for six and smacked him for another four if the pull shot was playing the short ball well. and uh, But then he was out just before the close, so they're one down already. Yeah, the, the first pull shot, he didn't get all of. I mean, had it been a fraction higher on the bat, it would have been a top edge. And the next ball, he hits a classic. I described it on the Guardian Live blog as like the quintessential one-day international Rohit Sharma pull shot, mm. the swivel, where it, it yeah. seems as though when it hits the, it hits the grandstand, it's still going up. Mm-hmm. He strikes the ball so well on that angle. But next over Leach, it was described nicely by Nick Knight on the commentary. He bowled two deliveries to Rohit Sharma in that over that landed in almost the identical spot, but went straight on with the arm. And that's the benefit of bowling a spinner, a finger spinner with the mm-hmm. new ball, because you get that natural variation. The third one, puff of dust, turns square, hits off stump. Glorious delivery, but as as important with mm. the two balls that preceded it. So, you know, as an off spinner, you often rely on that natural variation. And the fact that Leach talking about being in the game or being in the series after all the tap that he copped yesterday bounced back pretty well today picked up two wickets I mean I know that um, it was largely India's session but the very fact that he was in the wicket column coming back this afternoon getting Rohit Sharma um, we saw that he didn't bowl particularly particularly well in the first innings in the second test at goal mm. and run a muck in the second dig and I suppose that's the faith they've got in him at the moment that's why he's their number one spinner player of the day is a difficult one today because you know Ashwin six for is statistically good but was wasn't necessarily that influential. I'd put Washington some of those runs ahead of that in terms of influence, but Washington couldn't have done it without Ashwin as support with the bat. Yes. So Ashwin, maybe for his combined freight with the bat and with the ball, maybe that gets him across the line as the most important player of the fourth day. Yeah, no complaints from me. I mean, I just love him. I mean, I just think that he brings so much to the game as a thinker around the game, as someone who writes about the sport. I mean, all the post-series interviews um, after they beat Australia, all the all the um, intimate detail he goes into. I love it when he has big days like this. It's uh, validation for the work. And he's not someone who relies on pure talent or just working hard. Uh, so goes the cliche. He's thinking as well, and, and he gets his reward awards on days like today and on a on, I should say before I move on on, on a Chennai pitch and um, mm. uh, this this is pointed out to me uh, by a couple of people watching on television a beautiful colour of orange mm. when you're watching test matches at Chennai you want them to look orange on evening four and, and day five yeah. and this pitch has that glorious tinge to it at the moment you, you want to be saying is that Chennai or Roland Garrosh <laughs> I just can't tell but is Gustavo Quirton about yes, to is, slide is Thomas Worcester about to open the bowling tomorrow <laughs> Arantxa Sanchez Vicario is going to be Gustavo Quirton <laughs> might get the new ball yeah, who's oh, today? today the great Brazilian um, the, you know you could say when he clobbered a tennis ball it was a Brazilian wax um, anyway nonetheless the Hall of Fame for today what are our okay. nominations for the Hoff uh, well I've got a couple one was that um, Jared Kimber our dear friend and colleague mm-hmm. um, on Twitter accurately predicted before James Anderson walked out they were having a chat that the camera was on Joe Root like constantly through this mm-hmm. 
painful declaration speculation on television. Oh, God, I can't how boring tell you, was it? You're like, they're not going to declare. They've got a set amount of time they want to bowl. I mean, Joe Rudy's sitting there literally with his feet up at one point. Like, wearing a Will singlet, he declare next having over? Having a cup of tea. And, not in his whites. And then he ran downstairs briefly and came straight back again. And he was still in the, in the training shirt. And he mm. talked to James Anderson. And they were like trying to decode what they mm. may have been talking about. And Kimber put on Twitter, we know that what they're really saying is, am I going to reverse sweep first ball? Yep. And what does he do? First ball, reverse sweep. He's that second ball off a leading edge, but um, he did as Kimber prescribed, a, nice. a close watcher of the game, getting it right. I liked the fact that when Ashwin uh, got the wicket with the first ball of the innings, that was the first time in over a century that a spinner had taken a wicket with the first ball of an innings. Oh, it's good. only happened twice before. Um, one was one was the brother of Charles Bannerman, Alec Bannerman, getting right. knocked over uh, by our friend Bobby Peel back in the 1800s. So it only happened twice before, and and 100 years later, there it was. Bobby Peel after urinating on the pitch, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. This was his, his trap. I can hear Winnie crying in the next room, so we better wrap Fair this enough. up pretty quickly. My last Hall of Fame uh, nomination is purely to lay a marker that I just think we've seen so many botched third umpire processes in the last couple of months of Test mm -hmm. Cricket. I don't know why. I can't account for why, but the, the Dom Best dismissal, I don't really care whether it hit the bat first or the pad first. For mine, it was the way they, they skipped through the Snicko technology when that Snicko bit was the where the most doubt lied. It was clear that mm. it was inconclusive from that, and yet it went straight back on the field. I don't really care whether it's out or not, and I put this on Twitter. All I care is that if you're going to have a DRS process in place, Go through it deliberatively. There's no rush. Once you're mm -hmm. there, go through every step. Take it seriously. There's no point for mine having it if we're kind of doing it on gut feel. And that's what that felt like to me. Online scandal. We disagree. I thought that was fine. I, and I thought it was good they moved through it expeditiously because I thought you could clearly see on the first replay that his bat has pushed his pad forward, the ball's hit pad before, and the, the snicko just confirmed that, that the contact was there. But I it didn't, though. I the two-dimensional pictures often are deceptive. We see that with closing catches. So but I, I you thought can't it tell. But the, but the snicko was the bit where you saw the spike before it hit the pad. So, mm. of course, it might have kissed. I mean, it, But it couldn't have hit the bat. Because the bat was behind the pad, so whatever it hit had to be pad. No, first because it was. That that, that's what I'm saying. It, it, it could have kissed either, but the mm. point is, is that as the ball is passing the bat at the exact time, there's a spike, which means that but it needs further interrogation. It's meeting the bat. It was you coming. Need, it needed it hit, further it interrogation. The, 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 the replay that I watched a number of times, you can't draw a conclusive piece of. You can't draw a conclusion from what you saw, and that was looked at. It was moved straight on. I'm saying, why, why not look at two or three angles? Why do? You, why not? go through the full process. Why not look at all the technology at their disposal before making the call when we know that two-dimensional pictures front on don't tell us anything. We've mm. learnt that over a number of years. I thought that picture did tell us things. Um, but the, my other nomination is Ishant Sharma coming out, who we know is a sort of grope forward and defend sort of, you know, tall fast bowler, came out, played a gorgeous sweep shot um, to get off the mark, nailed it for four, and that brought up his 1,000th first-class run. But what a beautiful little moment for the, uh, well, for the, the large over, man. We, we've skipped over the fact that Ishant Sharma picked up his 300th well, he did. Yeah, we did miss that. I mean, uh, that, that's kind of significant. Ishant Sharma, I, I think you can. There's, there's comparisons there on a much lower, smaller scale to James Anderson. So... James Anderson's numbers before the age of 30 and after the age of 30. Mm. I mean, he was a very good bowler before the age of 30. Let's not, let's not try and pretend he was some sort of uh, dibbly-dobbly type. He, he was a very effective bowler. But after the age of 30, his numbers have just plummeted as far as his bowling average is concerned. The same applies for Rishant Sharma. He was sort of a, a 34, 35, mm. might have even got up to 37 bowling average. And since then, I think since age 31 he's, or something like that, he averages 21. Yeah, career-wise, um, he's down to low 30s now. He's dragged his yeah. whole career average down. And, and it takes a long time when you played loads mm. of test cricket, much as it was with Anderson having to boot all the way back in 2003. It took him ages to get the average 
under 30. And yet he hasn't played as much test cricket mm. as James Anderson, and he probably won't. But I like that two bowlers who had their critics mm-hmm. and and had to sort of prove themselves a number of times on the international s- stage yeah. after making a, a big first impression have both found a way to almost reinvent themselves in their 30s and be the most effective versions of themselves. I think it's almost, it, it's really about Ishan Sharma having enough bowling support around him because he was carrying that bowling attack for a long time pretty much on his own, certainly as far as the fast bowling was concerned. Well, it was nearly overtaken. And, and now that he's got more support, yeah. Um, well, I think that, that's the triumph, right? Like, Ishant Sharma was on the cusp of being overtaken. You go mm. back to, I can't remember which series it was now, but there was a test series where he was out of the, the top three. He mm. was sort of the reserve bowler. And the fact, so, you know, he's hanging on to his test career by a thread as the reserve bowler. You can easily imagine mm. a scenario where if he doesn't get back then, there and then, mm. then you've got the next generation coming through. You've got Jasbit Boomerah. Um, I suppose in more recent times, you've got Mohamed Siraj, but Boomerah especially. Why would you go back to Ishant Sharma? But now, because he was there and he held on, on, he now gets the opportunity to bowl with a new generation of fast bowlers. Speaking of fast bowlers around the grounds, Hassan Ali picked up a, a 10-wicket match yes. for Pakistan. They bowled out South Africa. It looked like they were going to chase down a big 370-ish score um, and then had a big collapse, 7 for 35 or thereabouts towards the end after everybody started getting out. Aidan Markram got 100, got out soon afterwards. Quentin de Kock went first ball and uh, downhill it went from there. So those people dreaming of a South African chase to rival the West Indies chase yesterday not going to get there. Washington Sundar's got the 8th highest test batting average of all time right at the moment, 84.5 and there's a new man at the top because it used to be Andy Gantone with 112, then it was Curtis (laughs) Patterson with 144 and now it's Kyle Mayers with 250 after one test match Um, and and I suppose he's up there for now. The probability of any of those three getting to 20 innings in a while well, Sunder's the most. I don't think Andy Gantone's going to get to twenty. No, no, he's well past it. Anyway, yeah. it's uh, it's been a good week. It's been, you know, what it's been. It's a fantastic first month of the year, month and a bit of the year in Test cricket. When you yep. consider all of what we've seen at Gaul, at Sydney, at Brisbane, obviously at Chittagong, um, the Test at Karachi last week, and now at Chennai. With with, I'm not going to say that all the results are equally likely. In all probability, England will, will should win comfortably tomorrow or maybe mm. India hold on. But the fact that they're even a sniff um, speaks to how they dragged it back a little bit today and the belief they have. You combine that belief and that confidence and, you know, you're not going to bet if you're an Indian supporter completely ruling out the win and that's a great thing. Not playing the rule-in, rule-out game at this stage. Uh, this has been the final word, India, England Daily. Our longer podcasts are on podcast feeds if you want to go and search for the final word there. That's Adam Collins. I'm Jeff Lemon. Uh, we will be back with you tomorrow for the final day of this first test from Chile. See you then. Good night. I had to go about it, write it out, and find it myself.